0: Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Inbound Marketing Notes. I'm Ben, for your host for today, and we are today going to be speaking about something which is very close to my heart, which yes, I know is very sad, but it is LinkedIn ads. And with all the accounts that we manage, we often see a lot of the same, not only tactical issues, but strategic issues with the way that companies think about LinkedIn's role within demand gen and the lead gen process. So today we're going to look at seven of the most tactical issues as well as strategic issues that companies fall into when they start looking at how they can use LinkedIn ads as part of their marketing mix. So jumping straight in, the first biggest tactical mistake we see is the fact that we see a lot with companies that they spend the bulk of their budgets on LinkedIn ad spend rather than creative now what I mean by that is it's very often that we can go into an account and we can see that the same ad has been running for three, six months and they've spent you know 20, 30 if not more grand on that ad and what we can see is the same audience has seen that ad time and time again and there's complete fatigue with the ad so even if it was performing at the beginning people just keep seeing the same thing regurgitated in front of them on their feed and they're completely blind to it now. says so that threshold right we normally try and keep that to around three maximum four five maybe over a couple of months if you have to use the same ad but I'd say the way people think about LinkedIn is that it's a channel and as long as they're reading that reaching the right audience with a message it doesn't matter if it's the same message and your ads will fall on deaf ears but the eye equivalent because people aren't gonna keep absorbing the same message and we see it all the time that people spend so much money on this and then they don't spend any money on the creative i think about the messaging and think because it's so targeted it's enough to carry it as a channel it's not and we should really think about it like tv you know you wouldn't just say we can target the right Uh, audience via this tv ad because we know they're watching this program which is related to what they're interested in these people maybe they spend a lot of money on the tv ad and a lot of money on ultimately amplifying it again it's no different with linkedin ads the reason the b2b people traditionally don't advertise on tv is because they can't get the right targeting now that linkedin does have the right targeting methods for b2b audiences why are we now skimping out on the creative It makes no sense. And because it's highly trackable and, you know, you can it's more cost effective in a lot of ways and to get the attention of the right B2B people compared to the likes of TV ads, people seem to then skip out on the creative. So, again, you need to be coming up with new creative every month, different angles, whether it's use case videos, whether it's um, product demo snippets, whether it's um, going through thought leadership content, whether it's before and after of how your software potentially has helped customers solve a problem. Whatever it may be, you need to start looking at creating a roadmap of content and then saying it's not just enough to get in front of your target audience every month. You need to get in front of them with messages that they're going to be absorbing that are relevant to them that tick and help solve a pain point or help them solve some sort of professional problem. And that's the only way that you're going to be winning with LinkedIn ads. So don't spend 5% of your time you know, creating the doing the creative and then 95% of your time just looking at Um, the results or looking at the metrics off the back of this one ad. Don't sit in the boardroom and decide that LinkedIn's a channel. Create your audiences, then decide what asset you're going to repurpose for that channel. Start thinking about how you can create content for that channel specifically and then how that ties into the messaging that you want to get in front of your target audience because it's very highly likely in B2B that you can reach them on LinkedIn. So don't fall short of the creative. Cool, enough around that. Number two, and this one is both tactical and a strategic issue that we see quite a lot. And this one is how people think about attribution within LinkedIn ads and how it fits into the wider lead generation brand building strategy. And if you go into someone's CRM, like we do a lot, you'll see different channels. So what the paid social uh, campaigns have brought in from a last touch point perspective, what the paid ads have brought in from the last touch point perspective, what are the referrals, um, what are the organics, what's the direct, all of that stuff, which is a great starting point to give you an idea of how people are getting in contact with your brand. Now, the way in which we think about LinkedIn ads is yes, if you do LinkedIn ads well, you will definitely get some direct response leads. But ultimately, they're the only leads that we see companies reporting on as having an effect within their marketing strategy. So, for example, someone sees an ad, they click on it, they fill out a form. Great. That revenue, that sales value, whatever it is, is attributed to LinkedIn. But a lot of the time, what will happen is people will see a video or see your ads. They'll take into consideration and then they'll come straight through directly through your website, through organic or direct search. And you'll then associate that sales value from the last point attribution, which is your website organic. And you're thinking maybe we should scale up organic because it's bringing all these great leads in. But you're not taking into account the fact that LinkedIn ads was the way that they discovered your brand. Therefore, LinkedIn ads should be getting the bulk of the praise and, you know, more budget allocation with regard to how you're going to scale up your inbound lead gen efforts. A few ways, and going back to this, then agencies and in-house will try and pivot the way they do their marketing to align with the ways in which people do reporting. So what we see is people then going straight for the sale with their LinkedIn ad, because if they go straight for the sale, they think they're more likely going to get someone to click on it, fill in a form, and then LinkedIn ads will get that direct attribution, meaning their team or their agency is going to be the one that gets the credit, gets the budget, gets everything else. And it kind of, and that's not the right, the right, the right way to think about LinkedIn ads at all. And it kind of ruins marketing. So it, you know you can target the right people but you're just going straight for the commercial sale the enterprise offering rather than trying to actually get your message across which is what the channel should be for you know 80 percent of the channel should be for and then they can come through and get in contact with you by different means Now we see it all the time with our own lead gen internally here at Session Media. We see people, you know, we can really see people watching the whole of our long form uh, case study video ads or use case ads, which is great. And then what will happen is they'll go away and then say a few weeks, few months later, we'll get in contact with us via our website form and they'll say, saw your LinkedIn video, wanna see how you can help me do this for our business, for example. And our CRM HubSpot, and also our analytics data both says that person came through from a organic ad, which is probably going to be right. We can't get the exact keyword on organic, but it's probably going to be a branded search. Well, it's definitely going to be a branded search in most cases. So they saw us on LinkedIn. They came through and all of my data is saying we should scale up organic, but it may not be the best move because they actually found us via LinkedIn. So moving away from all this technical data and cross-channel attribution and reporting, one of the good ways you can do this. Um, is around just one salespeople asking where they found out about them and they're like, okay, I actually saw you on LinkedIn, you know, qualitative data, that's great. We can then put that into our CRM and actually start reporting pr- uh, correctly. We also see a lot of things working around the idea that you can put a just a form field within your form on your contact page saying, you know, how did you hear about us? Very elementary, but also. There's no tracking software in the world that can go through and track all the touch points this person may have had. So just ask them. You can have some people just clicking on the first one and wasting time, but I think you may be surprised that people will reveal that information quite a lot of the time. So, yeah, summarize don't always go straight for the sale and don't always believe CRM attribution modeling um, and potentially move some of your targets away from just stone cold revenue as a direct response in isolation um, with Google Ads guess it should impact revenue but maybe not as a direct response channel right number three not using video and again i see this as a tactical slight strategic but mainly a tactical thing but video is hard to create you have to get the resource you have to really think about the messaging you have to do everything else and i think when people think about video they think about massively high production um commercial super bowl ads and In B2B, yes, you can be really creative and you can be funny and you can do all of this great brand stuff and it will get attention. But when we get to the nitty gritty of it, all video has to do in B2B is help someone further themselves from an employee standpoint. So can they make themselves better as a person? Does it solve a problem? And bottom line, in a lot of cases, is it going to be cost effective or does it have the features that we need in order to help our business thrive and succeed? So all the time, and we've proven this quite a lot internally um, as well as externally, is creating green screen videos with uh, B-roll overlays in a functional way which gets across your messaging, gets across your features, gets across your product, gets across your use cases, gets across your thought leadership potentially. All of this stuff here is what I mean by using video to get in front of your target audience. So if you have even the most boring product in the world that you may think, if you create something really functional, which is two, three minutes around how other people have used it, what features they've used to get success before and after use cases, for example, and get it in front of your audience, I think you'd be surprised with the consumption rate of that video. And then off the back of that consumption, how many people will get in contact with you via the direct response potentially, But more frequently, if you hit them a few different times with a coherent messaging strategy across video, then ultimately they're going to start building that relationship and then come through other channels like we mentioned before, like organic and direct and everything else. So really think about video because we see static image ads all the time get about a 0.4% conversion rate. Carousel is about 0.9 to 1% conversion rate if they're done well, whereas a good video can get a full video, two, three minutes watch rate of about 2% if you do it well. And I'd much rather pay my money for people to watch a whole two minute or three minute video than I would to get someone click on a static image ad. It's just the fundamentals of awareness and consumption and engagement. And we see it and it's the strategy we roll out for ourselves. And it's where I as a business owner would spend my money. So just a bit of a I guess direction there. Number four is all around not being creative with your targeting. Now the way we see most people target is they will quite rightly look at firmographics and demographics they'll say we want someone who is this seniority in this department at this size company in this industry potentially and they'll go through it that way and a lot of the time it gets quite expensive and the way that we've seen it play out is the fact that a lot of people are bidding on those very similar traits because it's the most linear path to getting in front of who you're looking to get in front of because it's the most obvious. And it's how you build your personas. So you then translate those personas into these targeting audiences in LinkedIn ads, which makes sense. Now, what I'm saying is there's a lot of different ways to target your audience. So for example, us as a company, we could target B2B marketing managers, directors, head of marketing in you know certain sectors, IT, facilities management, whatever it may be, and go after them that way. And that is a good way of doing it. But what we found is it's about half the price to be a bit more creative with your targeting. And this is a tactical issue in the fact that we found, say, a group of people who have engaged with or been endorsed for B2B marketing. Around 30,000 people, great, great size group. Uh, We round about what we recommend for a decent few grand ad spend a month. And what we found is much cheaper CPC because less people are targeting these people but ultimately much higher engagement because these people are either members of groups have been endorsed for a certain skill so they are known they've identified with having that skill and what we found is the engagement rate for these groups that we found and being quite creative in developing is that they get our ads get really good engagement, much higher than the engagement that we can get via vertical specific firmographic targeting. So what I'm saying is if you work in an industry which is potentially finding it quite hard and expensive to get in front of your target audience in the traditional method of firmographics, then look at skills that people maybe endorse for and then layer it with seniority, for example, or whatever it may look like for you guys. But Again, just be creative. Can you do a CRM integration? Do you have a lot of data that you've collected over the years with the companies you're going after? Maybe go after and try and match that list with an upload and target them based on your CRM database, go a bit more ABM approachy. There's no real way of doing it, but just try and think outside of the norm when you're creating your um, audiences within LinkedIn is this main bit of advice that I'm uh, slowly getting around to articulating. Uh, Number five, is one thing we see a lot and that's around targeting your champions, not just the people who sign the checks. Now, what I mean by that is a lot of people want to go for business owners, business directors, everyone that actually has the power to immediately sign off a project or campaign whatever it is. And that can work because sometimes we'll speak to CEOs and directors and we'll see clients do the same and then they'll push that down to their um, mid-level management and they're like, get these guys on board. Mid level managers are a bit confused about what's going on, but they know they have the job to get them on board. Not quite sure why I haven't bought into it. The way we like to look at it is target your champions in the fact that your champions are the ones that will be using your product day to day, not the ones that necessarily have the power to sign off. And that's great because one, it'd be slightly cheaper to target people that aren't necessarily at the director level or more, but also they're the ones that will be using you day in, day out, and they're the ones that are actually probably looking for your solution. A lot of the time, and this is a great example is our head of PPC um, sent me a link last week for a bit of software around blocking IPs, which are spam for Google Ads. Again, that's a problem we have, but again, it's not something that I'm necessarily actively looking for all the time because he's got his head in it every day. Some people are requesting different bits of software. We have noticed a couple of issues potentially around certain uh, keywords or industries which are getting you know, potentially more suspicious clicks than other ones. He can then look into this or has been served an ad from a company who does this He'll then say, I really want to use this, sell it up to me. I'll say, if this will help you do your job better, then sure, we're signing off. Again, it depends on um, actual lifetime value of how big those contracts are. But if it's for software or it's not ridiculous amount of money, then targeting primarily your champions is a great way of just getting that signed off. And also you'll have longer contracts for people because if you sell to your, you know, the CEO or the MD or a director and they push it onto their team, Chances are their team won't understand why they're using it, they won't champion it. And you know, if they can stop using it, or the MD's like, why well, aren't we using this piece of software? Let's stop paying for it after six months, then ultimately that's how it's going to end up. So sell it into your champions and the decision makers are ultimately the ones that are going to sign the checks. So you can target them as well, but use your champions, leverage them and allow them to upsell internally, um, is what I'd suggest and the results that we've seen come through the best number six again another tactical but also ties into a strategic uh, methodology which i think rolls out across more than just linkedin ads and that's don't always try and make people leave the platform and by that i mean a lot of people will say get demo click on this or read this or watch this case study and they try and get people to leave the website or leave LinkedIn as a website and go to their company website and the issue with that is the more social media evolves is the more that people like hanging out on social media they don't like hanging out on your website necessarily so if we can offer them information on the website, which we can repurpose or on LinkedIn, for example, which we can repurpose from your website and syndicate it across the platform, we're going to potentially get a lot more engagement because a lot of the time you don't want to have to go click on it somewhere and read a case study. If you can read it within LinkedIn or watch it within LinkedIn, you're probably going to consume that message. Same with collecting email addresses. Say, for example, you have a webinar and then someone signs up for it via LinkedIn form, for example, and then you start emailing them Or why wouldn't you just do anyone who clicked on a potential sign up, didn't sign up, send them a LinkedIn email, which has been triggered by the fact they've engaged rather than trying to send them emails on a different platform. Because, again, they're probably going to get a higher open rate because emails are much fewer and far between than emails, especially if they've engaged with your brand before by watching your videos or engaging with ads or clicking on them or whatever it may be. Maybe try and try and keep them in the platform as long as possible. I think the main tip around this as well is people always try and make companies leave LinkedIn ads and sign up on a form on their website to get a demo. Now, let's say you a hundred thousand people see your ad. Or oh, well, let's just say, for the sake of mass, 100 people see your ad, and 1% click on the go to your page. That's going to be one person. Then again, another 10 person. That's going to be 0.1 people that sign up to actually have a demo. Rather than gating your demo, why don't you just you can you can upload 10 minute videos. Into LinkedIn ads. So rather than having a few people go to your landing page and a few sign up for a demo and then some not turn up and then others not quite be ready to be a good fit for your product quite yet, or it's not quite right for them, why don't you create a condensed version of your demo, for example, or your service or how people work with you and upload it to LinkedIn ads. Then rather than 100,000 people seeing that you're promoting a get demo, potentially 100,000 people are gonna be getting an impression of them, a quick condensed version of your demo. And if they wanna see more, then they can sign up. If they don't want to see more, then they've already seen potentially up to 10 minutes and you've scaled up your awareness, your engagement and a lot more people know what you guys do and the features and the onboarding process and how it could potentially help them. A good example of this is we use a HR uh, management platform to manage holidays and um, Absent and everything else like that. And it's okay, I won't go into names. It's okay, but I thought like there's a few features that it could have that would make our life easier. And I'm always getting targeted by other HR software platforms, which potentially do what we want to do. But I don't want to have to sit down for an hour and, you know, chat with a sales guy, potentially go through it. because It's not a big enough issue for me. Whereas if I saw a LinkedIn video ad or other paid social video ad or even organic, um, if it got to me, if they showed me what it was exactly that that software did, and ultimately how what features they offered, what use cases potentially that people use to actually make it easier than my current platform, I'd probably watch that full 10-minute video. And if it could do exactly the features and the functionality that I was looking for to make my life easier, then, you know, 100% I'd sign up for a demo because I already have that peace of mind and reduced friction that I know that that is something that they can offer me. So there's no mystery. There's no guessing. There's no me thinking the psychology behind it is I don't think that I'm going to waste my time by going on this demo and they've really reduced the friction and it's a really nice way to approach well, the demo approach to marketing okay perfect now number seven this one's an interesting one and it's more a an approach to marketing for creating demand um as a philosophy and it's really about giving up too early so people often say how long do you have to run linkedin ads to be able to see a return and there's different ways in people obviously run linkedin ads some like i mentioned do the more direct response by now which doesn't always fit in but you will see leads trickling through and some marketers will call that success because they see leads coming through but if you're looking more for how linkedin ads can really generate revenue which is ultimately a part of a bigger picture of how linkedin then fits in we should be looking at length of buying cycles so most b2b buying cycles will probably be a minimum of six months 12 months so imagine if someone signed up for a 12-month plan and then they see the ad for your platform a week later they may be strapped in for 12 more months but at the end of that 12 months will they then choose to pick you guys and that's ultimately how i like to think about marketing is if someone signed up for a different service provider for us or they've signed up for a different product for one of our clients for example in 12 months at the biggest extreme someone just signed somewhere else can we offer them more value can we show them that potentially from a content marketing perspective we are the better choice but then also within that content marketing strategy also place some direct response stuff in there as well to give people the chance to actually push them through um, or push them down that funnel as it were a bit faster So there's no right answer like anything in marketing. It depends to a lot of internal and external factors around budget, industry, uh, internal resource, uh, quality of uh, marketing or agency that you go with. But again, it's something that people try and do internally. They try and use micrometrics such as asset downloads uh, potentially and direct response marketing to try and quantify in the short term because they need to justify it internally. And it completely makes sense because if you're talking to a finance team or a CEO who may not understand marketing as much as you do, then they want to see ones and zeros, whether it's leads or whatever it may be, um, MQLs off the back of your marketing. But I'm saying that isn't always the best approach to marketing. So we need to be able to make sure that we can monitor other metrics, which can look at the success of what your channel's doing, which is why earlier we spoke about Thinking about how you do your uh, reporting in your CRM and making sure that the sales team follow up and ask whereabouts they heard about um, your product or service. Because if you keep getting the same feedback that your customers have heard about you through your podcast or they've heard about you through a LinkedIn ad or blog post or organic search or whatever it may be. You need to start understanding which bits of your business you'd be scaling up and which messaging is working and everything else. But giving up too early, if you're doing marketing properly, especially which is content marketing, which is use case marketing, which is making sure that everyone is absorbing your message, which you know is good because it's how you've got your current customers and the issues they're potentially having or have had, then you can be confident that if you do it correctly, you do it consistently. And you don't try and go too much for the quick kill or win with regard to direct response through LinkedIn ads as a platform, then you should fare quite nicely. But I'd say if you can, stick with it six or 12 months, be consistent. And then if you keep trying it and testing it and you're not seeing any revenue off the back of efforts, if you're able to quantify it in the way that I mentioned, then that's when you can look to change and test new things. But it is a level of patience. And that's the thing about marketing, it's not always the most linear, this person's. Downloaded this, they're going to turn into a lead if we nurture them for XYZ because it's just not how people buy, especially anymore. So, point seven, in short, don't give up too early. If you've got a plan, stick to it and then review every six or 12 months. That's everything for now. I think it's been quite an intense session of going through these uh, tactical and strategic LinkedIn ad pitfalls that people go through, but hopefully, you guys have found it useful. As usual, any questions, feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn, Uh, obviously or via email at ben at session-media.com. But I hope you found it useful. And until next time, guys, thanks very much.